Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and dragon tamer, Brendan Tuma. You guys know the deal with Mondays. I'm going to run through the injury news and really quickly then get to my five biggest takeaways. But this podcast may be a little on the short side today. I'm sure the vast majority of you listening follow us here at Fantasy Pros. And you're likely aware by now that Mike Tagliere, Tags, as you guys probably know him, passed away due to complications from COVID-19 on Friday night. I did a podcast with Joe and Kyle Yates on Saturday. So if you want to hear some more of why he was so beloved and what he meant to us, just please tune into that. I'm just going to say that it felt really strange watching football and podcasting today, but in reality, it's kind of therapeutic. It's what we would be doing with tags. It makes me feel a little bit like he's still here in a way. So I will still be here every weekday morning, and the Fantasy Pros podcast is still going to be here every day. Our Betting Pros podcast is still going to be here. I hope you guys continue to listen. I hope you guys continue to win your fantasy leagues. But it's been a really long and difficult weekend, which came after a really long and difficult few weeks. So today may be a little shorter, but we'll back. Sorry, we'll be back as it normally we will be during the rest of the week. And tune into the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast uh, for more detailed takeaways on how I felt about the Football Sunday. And tune into the Sunday Night Recap Show with me and Fitz, where we broke it all down. If you want a little more detail. Anyway, let's get into it. Before we do, let's talk about TickPick, season ticket packages to your favorite team worth $3,000, and how you need to be going to TickPick if you want to go to NFL football games now or later. TickPick, the original no-fee ticket site, is teaming up with Zip, the buy now, pay later service provider, to give away five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season every single month, this month, next month, until February. They're going to do a drawing. They're going to pick one lucky winner for 2022 season tickets to their favorite NFL team. Again, each package valued at $3,000. Just go to TickPick.com slash pros. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. All right, let's run through some of the big injuries here. A.J. Brown left the Titans Colts game early with a hamstring injury. Now, we don't know the severity of this. At least it wasn't a Christian McCaffrey type thing where they declared him out right away. He was questionable for most of the game. After ham- after halftime, pardon me, they declared him out. Um, you have to assume he's going to miss a little bit of time here. Brown is about as tough as they come. He played through two bad knees last year, but soft tissue injuries are a little bit different. So expect him to miss a little time. It probably doesn't ding Ryan Tannehill all that much. I mean, he basically played with one dominant receiver, Brown, last year. Now he has Julio Jones, who can step into the fold. Jones didn't have a great game on Sunday, but he is the primary beneficiary of this injury, and they play the Jets next week, so you can probably expect a big game from him if Brown needs to miss. James White was carted off the field on Sunday against the Saints with a hip injury. We don't know the severity of it as we record this today, but considering he was carted off, you can probably assume he's going to miss some significant time. He had emerged into a pretty big part of this offense as Mac Jones didn't really want to push the ball down the field, so White was his checkdown guy. And look, Damian Harris didn't have a very good game in this past one anyway, so this is going to make a difference in how you view the Patriots offense. My guess is the targets will probably go up, generally speaking, for the wide receivers. And we did see that in this game. But it is a blow to the offense, and it's not going to be quite as efficient. And again, you saw that here against the Saints. Both Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton left the Giants game with hamstring injuries. This was a big blow. Again, Kenny Galladay was basically the main wide receiver, and he was supposed to be on a limited snap count because of quote-unquote conditioning concerns we'll talk about in a minute how I think the big winner 
from that Giants game is, of course, Saquon Barkley. And if Shepard and Slayton have to miss time, that probably only increases Barkley's usage. But either way, you want to monitor this, and you can probably assume they're going to be out for at least a week, given the nature of soft tissue injuries. Juju Smith-Schuster left the Steelers-Bengals game with a rib injury. No details on this one either, so not sure how severe it is. Obviously, Deontay Johnson was already out, and that Steelers offense looks like a complete disaster at the moment. Najee Harris is still going to survive because he's going to get so many targets and it's going to boost up his value. But obviously, you want to monitor this to see what's going to go on because if Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson need to miss next week, then Chase Claypool's value, and he saw 15 targets in this game, is going to go through the roof. Tyler Lockett suffered a knee injury during the Seahawks loss to the Vikings. Now, this is one of these that looked really bad at the time. And if anybody was watching, they saw basically the whole team came out and huddled around them. But he actually came back into the game afterwards. Now, I don't think he's necessarily out of the woods completely. Sometimes these things swell. We'll have to see. But for the most part, it looks like he avoided major injury. Now, he had a down game, saw only four targets, caught all of them for 31 yards, And that's going to happen occasionally with Lockett. But for the most part, there are a few concerns. He's a good fit for this offense. I think the uncertainty, the inconsistency that we saw last year, not going to really rear its ugly head as much this year. So he should be okay. Chris Carson apparently was dealing with a hamstring injury, by the way, in that game in the second half. Now, I didn't see a lot uh, about this because it wasn't like he was off, but he basically saw a decreased number of snaps. And then it came out that he was dealing with some soreness. So monitor Carson. You know he misses time, of course. But this is something where if it's not talked about too much, we might want to sort of be thinking about perhaps picking up one of the backups, maybe Alex Collins, somebody like that, before word leaks out. So definitely want to monitor any news on that. Quentin Nelson suffered a high ankle sprain again. This looked way worse when it happened. He was carted off, but he's almost certainly going to miss a few weeks here. And that is just really tough. For an offensive line for the Colts that was starting to show some cracks anyway. So this would result in a downgrade to pretty much the entire team, certainly Jonathan Taylor. But either way, it sounds like Nelson's going to miss at least a few weeks here. KJ Hamler injured his knee. Not exactly sure of the severity on this one. And again, Hamler was more of a dart throw, a sleeper that maybe would go off once in a while. There are two wide receivers you want to roster right now, other than Jerry Judy, who you put on the IR. But for the Broncos, it's Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, who had the bigger day here against the Jets. All right, let's get to my five big takeaways. Number one, Cordero Patterson is probably an every week starter for your fantasy team. Now, he was on the short side of a platoon with Mike Davis in terms of running back usage, right? Snaps, routes, run opportunities, all of that did favor Davis. But I mean, seven carries. 20 yards on the ground. That's not good and kind of look a lot like what we saw last week, but seven targets, six catches, 82 yards through the air. I mean, if you want more detailed thoughts, listen to the Sunday night recap show that I did with Pat Fitzmorris because we talked about it. And this is coming a little bit at the expense of Kyle Pitts, who saw just three targets and had two catches for 35 yards. So that's not great, obviously, but it's kind of understandable if you're the Falcons because the offense does not have a ton of excitement right now. They need to get a little creative, which is where Patterson comes in. So if that's what they need to do to put up points, and they're not really doing that in spades, but if they need to do that to generate some offense, you have to understand that. So Patterson right now should be rostered in every league. I poo-pooed him a little bit last week in the waiver wire show, but he now should be rostered in every league and in PPR formats in particular you can probably consider starting him most weeks. That is unlike my number two takeaway, which is you cannot start 
a Baltimore running back. Now, Tyson Williams led the running backs in snaps with 29. Latavius Murray, though, led them in carries with seven. Williams led them in targets with one. Murray led them in yards with 28. Now, Lamar Jackson should have had a huge game here if Hollywood Brown didn't have the dropsies, but still, I'm not sure I understood the crazy pass-happy game plan here, but regardless, this is now a situation where we just cannot have faith that Tyson Williams is going to provide weekly production. Now, if there's one running back to roster on that team, for me, it still is Williams, but his usage has fluctuated greatly over the first three weeks. His percentage of the team's running back touches and his percentage of the team's targets have been dropping steadily. So until we get some clarity, and we may never, you need to avoid that situation unless you're absolutely desperate at running back. Number three, Justin Fields does not look ready to be a fantasy contributor, at least with that offensive line for the Bears. Fields went just six for 20 for 68 yards. He added 12 yards rushing, apparently may have suffered a hand injury, but he denies it. I mean, I had ranked him as a borderline starter in this game, okay? I didn't know necessarily where he would be one for the rest of the season, but for right now, I thought his rushing ability would provide a high floor enough for him to perhaps be a QB 15, 16, somewhere around there. The offensive line, though, abysmal. He was sacked eight times. Their drives were quick. They had nothing going on. I mean, he basically gave back any yards that he gained from passing through the yards he lost from sacks. Now, again, this isn't entirely on fields given the offensive line, other than he looked like a rookie. A veteran maybe doesn't take all those sacks. Maybe they get rid of the ball or whatever. But again, I liked him because of the rushing floor. I thought it would be there in this game in particular because I thought there'd be so much pressure that he would just take off. But really, he didn't even have enough time to do that. And both he and the receivers suffered. Now, the Bears get Detroit and Las Vegas in the next two weeks, so things may be a little different there, assuming that Andy Dalton does not come back healthy. But as someone who basically thought that you could get away with fields in a single quarterback league in a pinch, it's really time to revise that opinion. Number four, I am willing to take an early victory lap on Emmanuel Sanders. Early victory laps are the worst, but for today at least, I am happy to be the worst. Six targets, five catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns against Washington. He's now got 20 targets in three games. He had the most snaps of any receiver on the Bills. He ran the most routes of any receiver on the Bills. We saw last year there is room for three receivers on this team. Stephon Diggs is the alpha. Of course, Cole Beasley is going to have the targets, but John Brown was a reliable fantasy option for much of last season. And with that role open, it was either Sanders or Gabriel Davis. And I think we can now firmly conclude that it's Sanders. In the slot, on the outside, it does not really matter. Despite his advanced age, Sanders still has plenty of gas left in the tank. Really, he seems like a potential weekly flex play, especially in deeper leagues. Finally, Saquon Barkley is back. 16 carries for 51 yards is not great, of course, from a yards per carry average, but he did find the end zone, and he had seven targets and six catches for 43 yards through the air. 22 touches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. He played 84% of the snaps. Now, I watched a lot of the game. I've got a bunch of TVs on. I'm flipping around a little bit. But I focused a lot on this game because I really wanted to see what we were going to see from Barkley. And to me, it looked a lot like the old Saquon Barkley. And here is the thing. We just talked about it earlier. Sterling Shepard left with a hamstring injury. Darius Slayton left with a hamstring injury. Evan Ingram still just coming back from the calf injury. Kenny Galladay reportedly has conditioning concerns. This is an 0-3 team. Right now, they have one real healthy playmaker, and it's Saquon Barkley. I had him 13th in my rest of season rankings coming into the week. That's going to be moving up. 
And that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash pros, where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 NFL season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning.